Welcome to the Wing Chun Podcast, the Sifu's Stories, the place where the world's most renowned Sifus share their stories and insights. I am your host, Bogdan Toroshu. We're here with uh, Sifu Martin Rogard from uh, Practical Wing Chun. And I'm very excited to find out more about his martial arts journey, his uh, impact as a Sifu because if you have a Facebook account and you are interested in Wing Chun, then you've probably seen one of Sifu Martin's uh, videos. And I can't wait to um, get deeper into that and uh, find out what his tips are for Wing Chun practitioners to get deeper knowledge and have more fun with, uh, with their training. Sifu Martin. How did you start your martial arts journey and how did you discover Wing Chun? In the very beginning, I, um, as a kid, I had a bad temper. Mm-hmm. It was not like I was in general uh, like a bully or aggressive. I just was, it was very easy to pick on me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got in fights and I actually got in fights like every week. And uh, wow. it was in very early on, it was like in first, second grade. So I actually got, uh, it was not thrown out of the school, but the principal of the school and my dad decided to remove me to a private school. Mm. And then I went to this private school where they were uh, better at controlling people with uh, the temper issues, but not good enough. I still had trouble with it and it kept on going. And by the time I turned 10, it was uh, such a big problem that my dad, he decided to take me to a jiu-jitsu school. Mm-hmm. He heard that in martial art that uh, they could learn, they could teach the, the kids to get better control of their of their temper and, and more focus and more discipline. So he took me there and that was the very beginning. Interesting. So did that work? Did, that, did your uh, jiu-jitsu training help you in that sense? Well, mm, well martial art in general did, but uh, jiu-jitsu in the beginning, to me, I was... Uh, already back then, I was really inspired by kung fu movies and and martial art in general. Uh, but I didn't have any training as a young kid, just playing around. Um, and in jujitsu, because it was kids training, I was only ten years old. A lot of it was just, you know, learning how to fall or learning how to do a throw. And I've had like already many years of experience in schoolyard fighting, so I knew that it was more about hitting each other in the head. Uh, and that we will was there was nothing to do with that in this martial art. And right. Not not like in certain jujitsu they do that, but at that school for kids there was none of it. So um, I I was really not that inspired. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, so I changed uh, actually to karate. How long did you do jujitsu and how long did you do karate for? Uh, both of them I did very short because mm. even in karate I, I found that to me it was. Uh, the, 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 the footwork and the movement patterns of the, of the thing was, was, was too far away from, from what I could, what I was using if I was in a fight. Right, it was really right. far away from that. So, so it was a little impractical and a little, you know, uh, stiff. And, and not because Kung Fu or, or uh, sorry, Karate is there like that. It was just the way that I was seeing it back then and, and my own abilities was too stiff. So. So I actually changed to Kung Fu, but it was Shaolin Kung Fu back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, I only did that for like three years or so. Yeah. Um, and then, then I, um, 
ran into Thai boxing. Right. And actually, they were teaching it at the same location. So, uh, so I already had, were familiar with it, but then when I had fights with them, it was difficult to handle a Thai boxer. So I changed to Thai boxing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then uh, after uh, not that long, I went to the States. Uh, I was a high school student in, in uh, Bruton, Alabama, down in South. And I was lucky to uh, get a room in a, there was a big, big house of the Macmillan family, Macmillan Alvara family. They had a big house with the boxing facilities. Um, and I was allowed to bring students there that I could mm -hmm. teach. So I kept on training while I was there. Um, and when I came back... Were you teaching Muay Thai or which, which martial art? Were you I, was, I, was, I was kind of teaching like a combo because mm -hmm. they you know, started by talking about Thai boxing, but back then people were more interested in the Kung Fu. Right. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, but when I came back uh, to Denmark, uh, I stuck with this for a couple of years and then I met a guy who was doing... Uh, actually, I've met a lot of guys who did Wing Chun. Right. In the beginning, I met people doing Wing Chun, and I was doing Thai boxing. And when we were playing around, you know, putting gloves on, they couldn't handle, you know, the Thai boxing. They couldn't breach the gap, and uh, they didn't. Those, those chain punches didn't really work for them. So I didn't have so much respect for it right. until until I met. Um, I was introduced to a guy uh, actually from the Leung lineage, right? Uh, called uh, Sifu uh, Henning Devan. Okay. He's a he's a he's a, a black guy. Mm -hmm. He was a, and he was really really good. I had absolutely not a chance in the world. And of course, other people uh, could be difficult opponents, but this was like less than ten seconds. Then it was over. Mm -hmm. Like I felt I had no chance. So like how did was you really, how did you uh, feel when he was using his Wing Chun? When you say that you had no chance? Well, I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, he, he closed in, yeah. and I couldn't make space uh, so I could get into my game with my. I have a little I, back then. I had a little longer uh, distance of, of punching, mm -hmm. and my hooks and uppercuts was a little too far away. And if I wasn't that distance, he was using elbows, right. and he was he was so quick and so fluent, and he stuck on me, so I couldn't change the distance. He kept me on that distance that I usually back then always tried to avoid. Excellent, excellent. So. For everyone listening right now, guys, always have your opponent play your game. And uh, for us doing Wing Chun, the um, the best uh, distance is just like up close and middle distance, right? And um, yeah, like if you're playing with Karate, with Muay Thai or uh, boxers, you always want to actually smother them with your uh, Chi Zhao and your uh, speed. Excellent. Excellent. So, did was how did you feel after that? Like, was it like, oh shit, and now I need to learn uh, Wing Chun, or is it, or what is it? Wow, what is this thing? Uh, you know, how how can I learn it? Well, I, I already had uh, you know seen other people doing Wing Chun, and of course I was inspired by Bruce Lee, but but I didn't see the see it applied realistically before I met the Super Henning Duran. So when I when I started with him. Um, I was immediately uh, changing style, starting there from the beginning, yeah. and, and, and actually stayed with them for, for 14 years, going through their whole uh, weaponless system. 
Excellent, excellent. How did you get in touch with the practical Wing Chun lineage? Well, I came to a a kind of a level or where I found that there were certain weaknesses uh, in, in, in the system, in the way that, that I was doing it and the way that others were doing it. Um, and I saw other people uh, having other things, so I was interested in learning more about other Wing Chun styles. So me and Puyi, which is uh, Sifu Puyi, which is the coordinator of uh, Sifu Vankamla, um, we we were training also, she was a part of my training team, mm -hmm. and she was speaking fluently uh, Cantonese and Mandarin. Right. So we took a trip to, uh, to, to China, and we first we pinpoint all the big masters out, and then we visited them, all of them, and mm -hmm. did in, video interviewed them, and we uh, uh, trained with them and their best students. And we decided actually we wanted to find, we, want, we have three criteria we were looking for. First, we wanted to find a master who was just really good in application. That was one thing. Second thing was his explanations had to fit with modern uh, biomechanics. Now I have a, a education in, in biomechanics, so if things were not aligned with the, the Western understanding, mm -hmm. we would probably back off a little bit, right? Right, right. And, and, the, and the third thing was uh, how skilled were the Sifu's best student? Because he was saying something about his ability to give it to others, right, to handle it over. So, um, and we met many Sifus and it was really interesting. We also met people that I also respect today, different Sifus uh, around in, in China. But the one by far that impressed me the most and her was uh, Sifu Wang Gamlaan. First of all, his uh, application, it was, it was like, you could never do three movements with him. If he didn't want to do two, it was like one, two, three was over. Yeah, and he had, and he was, uh, he was kind of a, uh, not an old man, but uh, up in age, and he was so strong and fluid, and and you when you got sucked in uh, to his, uh, you know, when he got contact with you, and you, you you lost kind of lost all your abilities, and he just yeah. could threw you around like you were a beginner, and that his ability to explain it, it was like a fountain of uh, um, what do you call it, eureka's or ahas, you know. Yeah, wow, yeah. they were so impressive, man. So everything became so clear and so logical and so just a little difficult to learn in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but it was so amazing. Um, and then, after, and the third thing was his very best students, some of them at the club, because of course he might have had better students uh, outside in the world, but at the, at the school, one of them had only trained four years and I couldn't handle him at all. Like not at all. And back then I've done 24 years of martial art and 14 years of, of Wing Chun. And this guy had only done four years of Wing Chun and I couldn't handle him at all. That's impressive. So, uh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that really impressed me so much. That is so cool. And um, I really appreciate the fact that you are open to more knowledge because most people would not take that lightly. Like, so training martial arts for so long and then this guy trains for three to four years and you just like, you know, some people just quit martial arts altogether. So, uh, yeah, 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 that was cool. That was cool. So actually, several people I've introduced this to, um, they, they have done another, the whole Wing Chun or a different Wing Chun. Mm -hmm. And once they see it, there's three, pe three reactions. 
One, they just, you know, they're so caught up in their old stuff that they can't leave the belt, if so to say. Yeah. Uh, so they're stuck on that also because of friendships and stuff like that. So even though they think, well, this is a lot more effective and efficient and they can't handle it at all, yeah. and they still stick to the old one. Then I have, of course, the ones that just, you know, immediately say, wow, I'm just changing and they're following me and that's great. But then I also have some which, which just stop when they see that, like, sorry, I used the word, but it's like, fuck, I've wasted my time. I have no chance against this and I've done it so long. Now I don't want to do this anymore. And then yeah. they just quit. So. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. I had like one of my... Uh... Actually, I, yeah, yeah, I, I know someone in this situation who said that he started training MMA and uh, he's like, I can't believe that, you know, after almost 10 years of training karate and training uh, kung fu, now I go to this MMA school and they kick my ass, right? So it's like, I, I need to teach them a lesson. I said, forget about that. Just learn, right? Just uh, yeah. broaden your horizons, right? Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was fun. That was fun. Cool. So um, what, what did you do? Did you move to Hong Kong for lessons or? Um... No, in the, I, I did that, that. I went there for two, three, four weeks, uh, twice a year. Mm -hmm. And I just keep on going there. And then I came back. And I in the beginning, I just had a group of people from uh, other Wing Chun systems who, who have, I showed this. And then they changed. So yeah. I immediately I had a group to train with. Um, and after a year, we opened actually the practical Wing Chun uh, Denmark in 2007. In 2007. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, 10 years ago. So it's like 10 years anniversary now. I actually, uh, yeah, you know, every time I, I would do these interviews, I feel like, um, I feel like a spring chicken because I started training Wing Chun in 2008, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. always fun. It's always uh, fun. I have a funny story about that, actually. It was, um, I, w I have done Wing Chun with my Sifu for, I think I was, I did it for approximately six years or so, and, or seven years, six, seven years, so it's not maybe three or four years ago, mm -hmm. and, um, and, uh, I, I, every time I came back to Denmark, I trained really hard and said, next time I'm coming there, I'm going to give Sifu just a little bit of trouble. Just a little bit. I'm gonna, he's going to feel I got better. And I'm going to feel it on him as well. Yeah. But every time I couldn't, I couldn't feel a thing. He was just kept, I kept on being so much better than me that no matter what I did, it didn't feel like I'd improved at all with yeah. him, of course. With others, I, of course, I improved a lot. But with him... And then he told me, uh, well, you are just a, a talented beginner. And I said, stop, stop. I did 10 years of other martial arts. I did 14 years of another Wing Chun. Now I did another six years here. That's like 20 years of Wing Chun. Are you calling me a beginner? And he said, yes. Now wait 10 years more. And you know what I'm talking about. And it, it didn't take me 10 years, right? I already now I see, and back then, I just, you know, just have to be more humble. Yes. Yes. True. True. Um, I interviewed uh, Sifu Jack Ling uh, before, and um, the end, at the end of the interview, that we touched upon this idea. The most powerful way of 
of improving your your martial arts skill or like any skill is just being humble and open to to learning more and having yeah. your ass kicked by by your teacher. <laughs> well, I used to say that the most important thing is discipline. Yeah. So doing 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 the things for the things that you want most instead of the things that you want right now. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that people they uh, they need inspiration yeah. to to stay motivated enough. And that's the thing, if I should give like one uh, good advice on that is take responsibility for your own inspiration. Because mm-hmm. if you are inspired, you'll work at it. But that you need to important. stay inspired. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, from my experience, there's nothing more inspiring than having your ass kicked by your seafood. Shit, <laughs> I still have to improve. Okay, back to work. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, or I'm, I'm actually I'm actually visiting in in uh, in a couple of weeks in the states. Yeah. So I go there and uh, I buy private lessons with him. Uh, it's it's going to be really great. I'm also visiting him in Hong Kong in in uh, in August. So I really just looking forward to you know getting as many private lessons as possible as usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I spend as much time in contact, in physical contact with him. That's where I learn the most. Awesome, awesome. And uh, I saw you also organizing your seminars um, around um, around Europe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I you tell us a bit more semin- about that? Yeah, yeah. I have a. Um, I just did a a camp in Croatia. It was wonderful, beautiful weather, great people from other countries as well. Nice. And now I have now I go to the states uh, for a month to train with my Sifu, and then after that I have a camp with other of his uh, um, Sifus under him. You know his uh, regional director. So we will have a camp in Amsterdam for one week at the end of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in uh, in September I'll have a camp in Spain, Malaga, mm, and in nice. October I will have a camp in Praitas, You know the beautiful island. No. Uh, okay, it's also in, in the Spain region. Nice. And then uh, I have seminars in, uh, in November and December in Switzerland and probably in UK. So traveling around. That is so nice. Where can people sign up for uh, your seminars? They can do it online. They can go to. Uh, they can just go to my Facebook, Sifu Martin, and sign up. We constantly have these camps, you know, little uh, news on what kind of camp is coming up, and they can sign up right then and there. Excellent. I'll post a link in the description of um, of this podcast, and uh, you can. So, guys, if you're listening, if and if you want to join in with uh, Sifu Martin, just. Connect with him on Facebook and uh, either send him a message or just um, follow his uh, his feed and you'll get notified. Cool. Um, what would you, you know, having such a huge martial experience, what would you advise for the people listening so that they can um, improve their uh, their martial arts skill and of course, you know, have, have a bit more fun while training? Well, let's do two questions. Let's start with the first one. Yes. Well, um... First, they have to get clear on what path they are on. You know, really being true to one path is a good thing. It's okay to change. It's okay to change. I'm not saying that you shouldn't change. Just 
don't mix <laughs> don't mix you can mix things up when you get to master level mm-hmm. but i think that you know there's a you know the the ladder of, of competence okay there's like the ladder of competence i usually use that as a reference first you are you know unconscious incompetent mm-hmm. you don't even know that you don't know right that can feel great Right? You think you're a badass. <laughs> then you meet some Sifu or some master that's going to show you that you are not as good as you thought. That is called conscious incompetence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then you start working on your thing uh, and then you become conscious competent. Now, being conscious competent is constantly thinking about what you're doing. You know you can do it, but you are, your brain is with it constantly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, the next level is called unconscious in uh, unconscious competent that means you can't you're competent but you don't have to think about it yeah now one advice should be before you go to the next to train the next level get to the level on the things that you're doing right now mm-hmm. that you get to the level of unconscious competence so you can just do it without thinking because nice. if you put other stuff on stuff on top of that and you already and you still have to think about what you're doing it just gets too complex. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get the quality of the training that you're supposed to. So, so being a little more patient and sticking with things un, until they have become second nature and natural to you. Excellent. That is probably the most important advice Excellent. for a for a student. I think I, I've heard I first heard this uh, these uh, levels in uh, John Ma- John Maxwell's uh, leadership training. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they're they're quite on point, and uh, the way you describe it, I it's like this idea came into my head. Instead of uh, you know trying uh, chocolate cake and vanilla cake and uh, you know strawberry cake and you know eating from all of that, just like finish each cake, right? Finish your chocolate mm. cake and then try the vanilla cake, right? See if yeah. it's the one for you. Maybe the strawberry cake will be the one, right? Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, had a, I had a previous uh, Sifu who told a great story of it. He said that, you know, there's a, the, the source, like a, um, a spring of knowledge. If you imagine that being a hundred feet underground, right? You do feet or you do uh, meters? Meters. Okay. A hundred meters underground. Now, you should find a way to dig, a place to dig. Mm-hmm. A place that you like digging and where it's pretty soft so you can go fast. Right. But remember, if you constantly change style or you change, you know, your approach, you are changing to a new place of digging. Now you have maybe digged a hundred meters, but if you have only digged one meter a hundred different places, you still lack ninety-nine meters to go in one place. Yeah, yeah. So stick to the thing. If you know, if you feel this is the way, if you really feel this is the stuff, stick to it. You're going to get to the source. Mm-hmm. When you get there, then you can get creative. That's very, very interesting coming from you saying that you, you change like, um, you change so many different martial arts styles. And um, how, how did you come to this, um, to this certainty, to this uh, conclusion? Well, I think you should change once you find something that is better. Mm. But... But if you are there and it's and it is so beneficial, you found your your path. Mm-hmm. Just stick with it. Stick with it. Keep on going, knowing that actually 
you probably need to put 10,000 hours in there to get true mastery like all other great masters in other fields have done prior to you. Yeah. So putting those hours in, that's the, that's, the, that's the most important part. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I, I agree. It comes to knowing yourself and knowing what, you know, what is the right thing for you and just going there 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So how would you have, um, how do you involve more fun in your training? I think that, that, that there should be fun in the training. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, it should only be as fun as it's not lacking quality. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, I can, I can, I can give you three little things that if I wanted, if I was talking to instructors right now, I would say that what they need in is enthusiasm themselves. Yeah. Because if you get an enthusiastic trainer, you know that's really inspiring. Yeah. And then uh, we we need a, a certain amount of tempo into the training. It doesn't mean that it has to be really fast, but maybe break it down. You know, uh, isolate movements so until you can do it to a certain speed, and then you can integrate it into your game. But you need to have tempo, else people they lo lose motivation. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. so tempo and and enthusiasm and variation. Variation doesn't need, need that you have to do a whole lot of different things. You can do the same thing in different ways yes. and and really improve. So, if you have that, if, if there's an enthusiasm enthusiasm in there and there's tempo in there and there's variation in there, it's gonna be great to train, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I say that to my beginners as well. It's not that you're doing the same form or that you're doing, you know, the same punch because each punch is different. Each punch comes with a different message or a mm -hmm. different opportunity, just like each day, right? At the end of, uh, excellent. And we, when we were talking about the, um, you know, the example with the 100 meter um, hole. Speaking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, one of my... Um, one of my business and marketing mentors, he calls it shiny object syndrome. Okay. It's like, okay, so now I'm learning karate. Okay, but oh my God, I saw the Yip Man movie. Okay, now I have to learn Wing Chun too. Oh my God, but uh, I started Wing Chun for a month, but this uh, kickboxing guy kicked my ass. Oh shit, and now I need to learn kickboxing, right? And you're just going all over the place and you're driving yourself crazy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, you can say that in the beginning, I kind of did that, but it was not because uh, I just saw something shiny. It was because I, I, I couldn't, you know, I didn't get what I was searching for in the yeah. stuff I found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I changed. So I actually went looking for something. I went looking for that shiny thing. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's very funny when you start training martial arts and you really you realize that. Without any uh, prior training, you could you could probably kick everyone's ass in the school just because you fought so many times, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's of course a benefit that uh, I've had a lot of fighting experience. But actually, I think my, there's two things that are more beneficial. Uh, one thing is that um, I have a really great understanding understanding of biomechanics, mm -hmm. which makes it very easy to to break everything down into something that's easy to explain to anybody. Okay. And the second thing is that I've been, I've been a teacher in other stuff. 
like uh, in business and in, in sales and leadership mm -hmm. and also in, in, uh, in fitness when I was younger and and all these teaching skills really is a great uh, benefit so when you know that you have to you know show them you know have to do have to do a demo and then you have to be more uh, you know um, kinesthetic they gotta have to feel it yes. so you gotta have the tactile teaching as well so and you have to explain to the people to uh, certain things to people and sometimes you also have to put things in a st structured way so they can see it as a whole. And mm -hmm. um, so, so many ways that you can teach that's going to be improving their ability to understand it and, and take it in because not everybody learns the same way, right? Yes. So, so to teach them in many different ways to make sure that everybody improves, that is uh, probably one of my strongest points. And a huge component of that is testing the information that you have, testing it yourself so you can understand it a lot better. Yeah. 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 Actually, actually, that when we do it, I think one of the biggest problems with people training mm -hmm. is also they don't, this, we have like three, in, in the way I teach, we have three ways of training. First is called learning. In the learning phase, you, you can talk because you can ask questions and being curious. Then the second one is called training. And then you should ask less questions and just work on it a lot. And once it's kind of in the body, then you have testing. Then you yeah. test it. And then you get back on the drawing board and you, you have to learn and you have to train and then you have to test. The problem is that people, they one is there to learn or maybe to train and the other one is testing. So if you're not doing the same thing at the same time, then you are you're kind of making the, you're not getting the, the, the quality in training that you should. Mm. So just agree on what are we doing right now? Am I in the phase of learning? Yeah. Oh, am I in the phase of training or am I in the face of, uh, of testing? Testing. Yeah, yeah. And it comes mm -hmm. down again to self-awareness. Exactly. Awesome, awesome. Okay, uh, Sifu Martin, thank you so much for, uh, mm -hmm. for your time and your uh, input. Guys, if you've enjoyed this um, episode, go ahead and share it with, uh, with your friends. And of course, get in touch with uh, Sifu Martin to join his uh, boot camps and uh, events. It will be a fun time and uh, if you're not uh, if you want some inspiration I'm sure he will have a can of ass whooping ready for you to open <laughs> so you'll every, every, everybody's really welcome I hope that as many will come and I said it's a money-back guarantee thing if you don't if you don't learn stuff there it won't cost you a dime Excellent. I, I recognize this from uh, personal development and business, uh, from your business training, you know, and uh, we basically combine personal development and Wing Chun principles here in, um, in my school in Bucharest just to have like better results. And I love to see the fact that more people are like, you know, I'm not the only crazy person who's doing that. So, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, please uh, share your appreciation with uh, Sifu Martin, uh, write a comment in the comment section below and until next time, have an awesome, awesome day.